What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Work to repave I-94 between Benton Harbor and Stevensville has been delayed. Michigan Department of Transportation spokesperson Nick Sharippa tells us the agency was planning to start the project this year. The original plan would have been to be done in 25, early 2025, and now we're going into 2026. So there'll be some work that starts late this season. Most of that work likely will be kind of getting ready with some pavement repairs, building crossovers, that kind of stuff to help maintain traffic through the project. And a lion's share of the work will be in 2025. Sharip says the original cost estimate for the work was $153 million, but now the agency doesn't have an estimate or won't until contracts are awarded. In addition to repaving the highway, the project will mean work on 11 bridges and improvements to exits and on-ramps. Once firm dates are established for different parts of the work, MDOT will update the public. The effort continues to restart the Palisades nuclear power plant in Van Buren County. Palisades owner Holtec International had a meeting with the Nuclear Regulatory Commission today. Holtec spokesperson Patrick O'Brien said the meeting was just the beginning of getting regulatory approval. For us, this is really an important milestone in our effort to repower Palisades. This could help move the ball forward to potentially return the 800 megawatts that Palisades produced back to the Michigan grid. NRC spokesperson Scott Burnell says no decision is imminent because Holtec hasn't yet submitted an actual application. Today's meeting was for the company to lay out its vision for how the plant can be restarted. There has never been an instance where a plant has tried to reverse that process to go from a permanently shut down state back to operations. The NRC has licensing processes in place that could address that, and we expect Holtec will provide us their thinking on how the NRC's processes could be applied. Holtec is seeking a loan from the U.S. Department of Energy to restart the plant. O'Brien told us it would likely be more than a billion dollars. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has supported the company's efforts to bring Palisades back online, and it will still likely be a few months before it's known if Holtec will get the loan. Van Buren County has joined several township boards in opposition to a proposed consumer's energy project that would build 20 miles of new power lines between Matawan and Lawrence. The high-voltage, above-ground transmission line would run across various residential, agricultural, and park lands, upsetting many residents. The County Commission's Committee of the Whole agreed, passing a resolution against the project. Consumers has rejected less intrusive routes for the power line, example adjacent to the I-94 corridor or along the existing line, and opted for a route that will burden Van Buren County residents in the short term, but also affect residential home values and trees and vegetation for years to come. Consumers says the new corridor construction will clear up to 80 feet of trees on either side of the lines and build a new substation near the Lawrence Crandall Business Park in Lawrence. The company expects forestry work to start next year. One man is jailed for a Benton Township murder. More from Michael Arney. Benton Township police say they have a 57-year-old man in the Berrien County Jail awaiting arraignment on an open murder charge. He allegedly shot and killed a 40-year-old man Sunday afternoon. It was at a home in the 2700 block of Townline Road. Victim was pronounced dead and authorities arrived. The suspect was arrested on the scene. No names have yet been released. I'm Michael Arney, WSJM News. 
Voters in Buchanan Community Schools are being asked to support a $34.8 million bond proposal in the May election. Superintendent Patricia Robinson tells us the district is seeking to improve Moccasin Elementary School and Buchanan High School. For the elementary, she says improvements would include upgrades, upgraded classrooms, ADA-compliant restrooms, and improved security. The project would also include an addition. In order to just really create an environment that is, number one, updated and conducive to engaged learning, we want to make sure that we have appropriate space for our students. For the high school, the bond would modernize aging infrastructure, improve the science labs, and upgrade athletic facilities. We are going to redo our track and repair and reseed our field. The bond would result in a two mil increase in property taxes. The district sought a similar bond last November, but it failed. Some adjustments have since been made to the plan, and they're trying again. We have a link to more information about the proposal at our website. A big project to reconstruct downtown Allegan is now underway with a ceremonial groundbreaking held this morning. State Senator Eric Nesbitt was among those who took part, and he spoke about working to secure $2 million in state funding for the work. Nesbitt says he was approached by the city about a year ago. I worked with Representative Whiteford and the city and my colleagues to help make sure that there was some additional dollars in this year's budget. And so we, uh, as the state legislature, appropriated about $2 million to help get this, uh, I believe it's about an $8 million project off, off and running. But this is an investment in the water, wastewater, the road infrastructure project. Nesbitt encourages those to keep visiting at downtown Allegan during the construction work. The amount of investment going on here in, in Allegan, I think this will help provide a further catalyst. It hasn't been done in 70 years in terms of the water and wastewater projects, and so it, it's important to see this happen. The project will start this spring and wrap up next fall. The work follows nearly six years of planning and public input. The downtown area will have improved utility services, enhanced accessibility, and pedestrian spaces, along with improved traffic flow from a turning current one-way streets back to two-way streets. And the Lions and Lioness Clubs of Southwest Michigan are now signing up counselors for Camp Leo, an overnight summer camp experience for kids age 10 through 17 with de- developmental disabilities who live in Barry and Cass and Van Buren counties. The clubs have been running Camp Leo for decades with support from volunteers. Camp Leo director Beth Helm tells us it offers the classic summer camp experience to kids who otherwise might not be able to have it. We are at Camp Warner, which has a lake, so there's lots of watercraft. We have all your typical camp crafting, archery, fishing is a favorite thing for the kids to do in the lake. A big water slide. There is an annual bubble fight, but the highlight is definitely the Lions Club members come out and do a carnival night for the kids. Camp Warner is in Grand Junction. Helm says it's an amazing and rewarding experience to work with disabled children and show them a fun time at camp each summer. They need around 10 counselors and a team of volunteers to help. The counselors should have experience working with children with disabilities. Those interested in helping out at the four-day summer camp can apply at its website. Registrations for the kids this summer will start to be taken in April. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture into Wajak, where furniture shopping is fun. The Federal Reserve was aware of risky practices at Silicon Valley Bank for more than a year. 
and had apparently warned the bank of the problems prior to its failure. ABC's M. Wynn has more from Washington. Silicon Valley Bank's risky practices were on the Federal Reserve's radar for more than a year. In a 2021 review of the bank, the Fed found key weaknesses to SVB, including its handling of liquidity. By 2022, the Fed rated the bank deficient for governance and controls. The Fed had repeatedly warned the bank of its problems, but it still didn't prevent the bank's failure. The Fed is now conducting an internal review of how it's supervised and regulated SVB, expected to be released May 1st. M. Wynn, ABC News, Washington. The possibility of former President Donald Trump facing criminal charges has sparked an increase in threats and uh, violent rhetoric. ABC's Aaron Katursky has more. An intelligence bulletin obtained by ABC News said a possible indictment of former President Trump has the potential to manifest violence toward government targets or political officials. Trump's social media post over the weekend that said without evidence he would be arrested Tuesday prompted a significant increase in threats and general violent rhetoric from domestic violent extremists online. The bulletin said it's the biggest uptick in such rhetoric since August, when the FBI carried out a search of Trump's home in Florida. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. Humanity still has a chance, close to the last one, to prevent the worst of climate change's future harms, according to a top U.N. panel of scientists. But doing so requires quickly slashing carbon pollution and fossil fuel use 60% by 2035, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change said today. The United Nations chief said it's said it more bluntly, calling for an end to new fossil fuel exploration and rich countries quitting coal, oil and gas use by 2040. That's likely the last warning the IPCC will be able to make about the 1.5 mark because their next set of reports will likely come after Earth has either breached the mark or locked into exceeding it soon. That's according to several scientists, including report authors. It's the first veto from President Joe Biden. ABC's Karen Travers has details. President Biden has used his veto pen for the first time, rejecting legislation that would have prohibited retirement plans from considering climate change when making investment decisions. During the Trump administration, the Labor Department issued a rule banning considering environmental, social and governance factors, or ESG, in retirement account investments. Under this administration, the Labor Department rolled back that ban, and Republicans on Capitol Hill led an effort to reinstate it. The president said in a video post Posted on Twitter, he vetoed the bill because it would, quote, put at risk the retirement savings of individuals across the country. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Russian President Vladimir Putin was not waiting at the end of the red carpet to greet Chinese leader Xi Jinping upon his arrival to Russia for a high-profile visit. But it wasn't a snub either. Russia's standard protocol for visiting dignitaries calls for them to be welcomed at the airport by a lower-ranking cabinet official. Many observers argue the fighting in Ukraine has made Russia increasingly dependent on China for support as the country becomes isolated from the West. But Putin did not deviate from the script, and the start of Xi's trip today was like that of any other visiting leader. Another strong atmospheric river is moving into California and is expected to dump even more rain and snow on the state through Wednesday. ABC's Alex Stone reports dairy farmers are worried about the water overtaking their cattle, which could cause milk prices to rise. In central California, farmers are struggling to save their herds and their crops to feed them after so much rain. River levels have risen and now water is flowing through farmland. Dairy farmer Johnny Dykstra says even more rain could mean having to evacuate their cows. You know, we'd be looking at a pretty substantial effort in order to move them all. And he says this is an issue that will impact everybody. California is, is the largest dairy producing state in the, in the country. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. A bill that would allow Idaho to execute condemned inmates by firing squad is headed to the governor's desk after it passed the legislature with a veto-proof majority. Firing squads would be used only if the state can't obtain the drugs needed for lethal injections. 
when death row inmates already had a scheduled ex- execution postponed multiple times because of the drug scarcity. Republican Governor Brad Little has voiced his support for the death penalty, but generally does not comment on legislation before signing or vetoing it. The Death Penalty Information Center says only Mississippi, Utah, Oklahoma, and South Carolina have laws allowing firing squads. And New York City is cracking down on e-bikes because of the fires they cause. Morph maybe sees Derek Dennis. Mayor Eric Adams signing a package of e-bike safety bills aimed at reducing the risk of fires set off by the bike's lithium-ion batteries. They are not just regular fires. They are basically explosions. The city seeing 219 fires related to the devices last year, causing 147 injuries and six deaths. The new laws require the bikes and batteries meet UL safety standards, ban the resale of bikes or batteries, and restrict the reconditioning of used batteries. This is a new introduction into our uh, firefighting apparatus. Derek Dennis, ABC News, New York. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.